so we've got the predictor up in front of us. So the last 16 bracket on our prediction is coming up now. Belgium-Wales. Okay, so a repeat of uh, 2016, uh, the infamous quarterfinal. Um, should Belgium win that on paper? Yes. Um, I think they will be a team that maybe grows into the tournament as um, as they... Uh, obviously, n- no easy games in the group stage, but none of those attacks are going to frighten them. So they should be able to um, build their way nicely into the knockouts. And having faced Denmark... I think that's preparation enough to for them to face Wales and probably win. Does anyone think Wales could win that? <laughs> you wouldn't put it past them. No. I mean, no one gave them a chance in 2016, but I think that you would well you'd think from a Belgian perspective they would have learned their lesson. And obviously, they beat them recently in a World Cup qualifier by that famous three-one scoreline. Belgium, that is. But I think they'll have too much for Wales this time and the fairy tale won't happen. Oh yeah, I'm in agreement with that, I think, unfortunately. Belgium. Second game, we've got Italy-Ukraine. I really like Italy going into this tournament. I think um, people are only just realising the um, the success that um, Roberto Mancini has um had um he's built a solid foundation um Gianluigi Buffon is out Gianluigi Donnarumma is in um I don't think that's a drop in quality to be honest um they've got exciting players all over the pitch uh Florenzi Jorginho Champions League winner um Nicolo Barella um I think a few of us have picked up on him as one to watch for the tournament he's played under Conte as well in that um, dynamic midfield role, box to box. He's capable of putting in a hard tackle, but also carrying the ball up the pitch, and he could be involved in a few of their goals. And a front line of Immobile, um, Berardi, or maybe Chiesa, who's had a fantastic season for Juventus, Lorenzo Insigne, I think they could go far in this tournament. Um, Ed, any chance you reckon Ukraine could trip Italy up in the last 16 game? Um, well, there's always a chance. And as I think as Sam alluded to, um, it's a vaguely recent thing um, of Italy essentially being a good football team again. But um, I, I think Italy will do. And they've got such quality. We've spoken about Barella. Absolutely fantastic in... Um, Champions League group stages for Inter. Um, Lorenzo Insigne, this is one of his last shots at glory and he's been fantastic for his boyhood club Napoli over the years and now could be his opportunity to transform that over to his national side. Yeah, I think Italy are going to be too strong. Um, The next one, France-Austria, I I think this one might be quick. I think France have way too much quality for Austria and be an easy route to the quarterfinal for them. And again, you've got to remember the um, the context of these games. France would have France will be coming into this 
off the back of playing Portugal, Germany and Hungary. And I think Austria will be uh, relatively comfortable yeah. game after that. Yeah. Um, interesting one here. Next, Croatia-Poland. Ed, Croatia-Poland. That's a tough one to call, I think. Mm, I think that is a very tough one to call. Both of them, I mean, we've spoken about Lewandowski already, like, brilliant player. What more can we say about him? He just broke Gerd Muller's record for the most goals in the domestic season over in Germany. But Croatia obviously have a wonderful creator in Luka Modric. And they have um, Andre Kramaric up front, who nowadays is very prolific. I was looking him up earlier. He only played 28 league games for Hoffenheim this season, but in that, he managed to get 20 goals and five assists. Wow. Yeah. Almost a goal contribution a game. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Croatia tend to turn up. You'd think, you'd think that maybe that that tournament experience from the likes Mm. of Rakitic and Modric in that midfield would see them through. It's, again, it is the tale of the two... The two strikers, you said uh, that that was very impressive numbers from Kramaric there. But will Lewandowski deliver? That is the thing. It will be. He will almost have to drag his team through this game, you'd think, because you'd expect Croatia to have a lot of the ball and maybe create most of the chances. But whether or not yeah. they can convert them is another matter. But I would, I would expect them to narrowly edge past Poland, maybe even after extra time and penalties. Yeah. I agree with you. I think um, Croatia will win the midfield battle in that game. Um, Brozovic, Kovacic, Modric, um, oozing class. Um, So Poland's chances will come down to the performances of the players at the back, Szczesny um, and Lewandowski up front on the other side of the pitch. I think Croatia going to edge it. I say, like Jake said, extra time penalties might be needed in that one, but I think they will probably prevail. Ed, do you agree? Croatia to progress? I do agree Croatia will progress, but I think Jake said um comes down to whether or not Lewandowski can carry Poland, and he's a striker who does create a lot of chances for himself. So if you wanted anyone in world football to carry your team, I'd say Lewandowski's your man. Yeah, good point there. Um, so... Next one's an interesting one. A last 16 World Cup repeat. repeat. Spain, Russia. And Russia prevailed in this one in the World Cup. They did. After um, penalties. Yeah. Different, um, obviously different context to this one. I think what Luis, Luis Enrique has added to the Spain squad is a bit more pace and um, directness. Their loss to Russia in 2018... Um, you feel like a game like that had been coming for quite some time. They dominated possession. Um, if you didn't see the scoreline, you would think that um, they were on a different level, but they didn't have that finishing touch um, in normal time or the penalties. And I think Luis Enrique, he, that's what he's tried to, how he's tried to improve this Spain squad to be able to win matches like this where you can have creativity from different parts, defenders playing long balls, they're not afraid to do that these days. And I think that's why he will opt for um, Gerard Moreno, maybe, over Morata, um, because he is a bit 
quicker, a bit sharper, and I, I think Spain should win this. Yeah, of course, the 2018 World Cup, there was all the managerial problems. Spain have their lot more stable outfit now. Um, you in agreement, Jake? Yeah, yeah, completely. I think they have far too much quality to Russia. I think they will literally pass them off the pitch here. <laughs> and Russia, maybe not as strong as they were in 2018, as we no, said. No, no home, home crowd yeah. to back them, to give that that little 1-2%, and Spain will cut through them. Yeah. Um, this is the standout one. England-Portugal. Ed, can you predict it? I think the two starting 11s very even indeed. Um, obviously, Portugal have Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo, who are probably better than anyone England having their starting 11. But it's a game I can see, I can see going the distance, like to extra time. And that's where I think England's superior strength and depth will come into play. Beyond their starting eleven, I don't think Portugal are as good as people sometimes make them out to be. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. Obviously, their starting eleven is very exciting because they managed to win the tournament in 2016 with players with, um, you'd say non-star players such as Joao Mario and uh, Renato Sanchez playing a, a big part. But now they've got stars all over the pitch. Um, players like Cancelo, um, Diego Jota, even Andre Silva, who might come off the bench. Um, but I think you raised an interesting point there where England's physicality um, and endurance might get them over the line. I think this is a make-or-break game for England. If they progress from this, I think they'll go very far in this tournament. But if they go out, the everything turns. This this promise that we've had from the reaching the semi-finals and this promising young squad we've got going into these Euros, it's it really is on an eye edge, and you would really hope that, that expi- they've learned. You'd hope the young players have now learned from the twenty eighteen World Cup to beat Portugal and I think it'll be a very very tight game maybe a 1-0 and oh, my, as much as it pains me to say it I would think Portugal to would go through I there's a few audible sides around the yeah, table yeah I it, it's such a tough one I I'd like Ed's point on if it goes into extra time, I feel like England might have enough to get off the dreaded penalties and we've not done well against Portugal before in penalty (laughs) shootouts. 2006 World Cup was one that springs to mind, but I have to click a button here on who wins. uh... It's the classic, my heart says England. My head is saying Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo. I just... I don't know. I'm just at Wembley. Is it or Wembley? It, this? Uh, this would be either. I believe. I think it's Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah, I don't think they've got that guarantee. Ronaldo no. with a goal against England. They can all. You can almost see it now. Oh, you wink at the camera. I think. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. I have to. Yeah. Again, it pays to say. I think. I think Portugal are gonna win this one. It's especially because you would say that England's. Back line is maybe their weakness, oh, yeah. Yeah. and Jordan Pickford doesn't have a howler in him. Yep, I okay. I've clicked that button. 
Okay, maybe the most controversial choice you've made so far. Okay, two very interesting fixtures to finish off the last 16 predictions. Uh, Netherlands-Sweden. Ed, what do you think about that potential matchup? I think, as Latin lists, Sweden is a Sweden, quite frankly, without enough quality. Um, As you mentioned earlier, Alexander Isak, has had a good tournament but I don't think he's quite got it in him to when it really matters produce his best performance and that is something which Zlatan certainly has and something that they lack whereas Holland do have players like Gini Wijnaldum really comes to mind a player who when it matters most boy does he turn up yeah I think I, I do think Netherlands probably would have enough to overcome Sweden um at this stage um, and then whatever to progress. But I think, again, it, it could be one that's knuckled down tight, either an extra time, 1-0, cagey affair. Yeah. Of course, um, barely any of this Netherlands side have played in a major tournament before. I think, I can't think of, I mean, I think Depay was in the 2014 World Very, Cups very ageing now. Yeah. Steck Ellenberg and Tim Krull. Yeah, of course, yeah. One of, which one of them is going to play in goal for... The Dutch, but mm. you'd again, you'd expect it's like a similar with uh, Spain against Russia. You'd think that the quality of the Netherlands would be better, will be able to overcome a more maybe a more defensive approach from Sweden, and they would eventually unlock the door. But um, Sweden will they will really hang on in there. We saw how they qualify for the 2018 World Cup, they ground out a 1 0 aggregate win over Italy. But I think the Netherlands will have too much quality in the midfield and forward, net, forward areas. And I think they'll beat Sweden for yeah, the rest. I agree there. Uh, final fixture, another interesting one, I think. Uh, Switzerland, Denmark. The last, last 16 fixture. Um, Ed, they've got similar flags. Do you think <laughs> they'll have similar fortunes in this game? I do agree with that. Um... I'd have to apologise to fans of both these teams and say this is probably the round of 16 game of the two sides who will then crash out in the quarters. I can see it going the distance to penalties, if I'm honest, because there's not a great deal to split between them. Denmark, I'd say, at the very top of the pitch, have more quality in Yusuf Paulsen and Christian Eriksen, though. Yeah, um, I say like interesting what you say about the penalties because I think Switzerland have crashed out of the last few major tournaments on penalties. I know they lost in the um, twenty sixteen Euros to Poland on penalties. At this stage, uh, they lost. I think they lost on penalties in the World Cup. I want to say Brazil. No, they were in the group with Brazil. Group. I think they. Um, Oh, no, Sweden, they lost. Narrowly to... lost. Narrowly they, lost. But they regularly reached the round of 16 yeah. and then narrowly get knocked out of the na- is the narrative with Switzerland. And uh, I do, I, do, I think I'm going to back Denmark yeah. in this one. I think they're, they're very, they're evenly matched by, I'd say, in a few key positions, you'd say that Denmark have the edge in terms of a better quality of player. I mean, in that, again, that midfield area, I think that midfield trio of, Hoiberg, Delaney and Christian Eriksen is one of the best in the tournament in yeah. terms of the balance it will provide. And do you back Hoiberg and Delaney to, to keep out um, Jadon Shakiri? I, I think they will. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm going to go with Denmark over yeah, this. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, quarterfinals. Uh, Belgium, Italy. Wow. Ooh. I think this is a. I think this one is really close to call. I think Italy, like you said. Uh, Sam, they uh, people have only just started to take note as they go into this tournament about how effectively how good they are. They they're unbeaten in a huge amount of games now, and that shows that they have a certain resilience in them to when the chips are down to not lose a game, to not concede concede a sloppy late goal, and the likes of Chiellini and Bonucci at the back here, although. That although Belgium are in a similar position with their ageing centre-backs of uh, Vertonghen and Oldevira, the approach that Italy will, will take will be something that will benefit their ageing centre-backs more as they're less likely to be exposed against Belgium's attackers. Whereas as Belgian players push forward, you can see the likes of Berardi or Chiesa or Bernadeschi drifting into that kind of channel space and beating the beating the players one on one and creating a chance for Amobile. I'm I'm I've I only just realised about that, that they were gonna meet in the quarterfinals, but I'm leaning towards Italy in this one. I I'd agree on that. I think they can grind out a result here. M- me too. I, I think um it's almost a team of stars against a, a cohesive unit. Mm. Um Italy may be lacking that um star name such as De Bruyne, Lukaku, Hazard but as Jake said they've gone over 20 games unbeaten um, against some tough opposition and I think I think they have enough to beat Belgium yeah I'd agree there Ed I agree with what you were saying about Italy grinding out a result and I think that's very much the way that they would have to play this one out. If it turns out to be a free-flowing game of football, Belgium absolutely have it. For me, it's either 1-0 Italy or a really quite comfortable Belgium victory. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. So which way are you leaning on that? Which way do you think? Is it going to be a tight one nil or Belgium going to cut through them? I'm actually going to say Belgium because... As good as they are, like as good a form as Italy have been on, these Belgian players obviously finished third in Russia. They've had this tournament experience before, whereas this crop of Italy players don't have that. Yeah, that's a great. That is a, that is a good point there. Very good point. Experience counts for a lot in major tournaments like this. Um, I think well, what we mentioned there, of course, earlier in the tournament, we're not sure about the fitness of Kevin De Bruyne and. Eden Hazard, but but if they reach this stage of the tournament, you'd expect them to be fully fit now. So I, uh, uh, I'm not sure here. I think I've been convinced. I've said Italy now, but I'm you've slightly changed my mind of that point about Italy's lack of tournament experience. So I think what we're gonna go with here, boys. I, uh, I'm saying Italy. I think Italy. So is that three votes for That's three on one. Yeah. Another controversial one. Um, second one. Um, repeat of the 2018 World Cup final. France-Croatia. Um, France should win this. Yeah. I, I think I, Croatia, uh, an aged team. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe run ragged is um, too harsh on them but I think France are going to dominate all over the pitch and not 
yeah, I think, yeah. I agree. I think this would be another comfortable win for France. Yeah, I'd say, like, what's scary about France is you've got that, like, attacking threat. Like you say, an attack of, you've got, they could play 4-2-3-1. You've got Coman, uh, Griezmann and Mbappe behind Benzema. But then you could also bring on Thomas Lamar. You've got Usman Dembele to bring on. You've got Olivier Giroud even to bring on. I'd, they just will have too much. Ben Yadier. And I think... I think that... Um, the French attack will score a few. Uh, they even managed to score four against Croatia in the World Cup final mm. on an occasion like that. And they shouldn't have really conceded those two goals. I think um, at least one of them came from a mistake. Um, so if they manage to do that to Croatia in a World Cup final, I think this could be a heavy loss for Croatia. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. you agree with that, Ed? Yeah, absolute mismatch. France got the better of them in the World Cup final. They've improved since then. Croatia have deteriorated since then. So, yeah, France, any day of the week for me. Um, OK, third quarter final. Spain-Portugal. Ooh, the Iberian derby. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Portugal for this one. Yeah. Again, I think they might grow into the tournament. Again, is that is that key game? Is England-Portugal, whichever one of... Those progressing, we've gone with Portugal. I think that team will go on far, and I think Portugal in this one again have they have that great tournament experience in them with Rui Patricio, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think their defense is they still have that solid defense from the Euros, but they've got a more fluid attack. They've I say that side of their game has been developed further since that tournament. And I think Portugal are exactly the kind of opposition that Spain will struggle against. Maybe not struggle. Uh, they played a game recently, um, a nil-nil draw, where Spain maybe looked the better side. But in, a, in, a, in the knockout stage of a tournament, I think Portuguese defenders will be able to um, lock up shop and score one or two on the break in transition. Um, yeah, they, they should. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Um, Final one, Netherlands Denmark. Ed, do you want to start us on that one? These are two sides to um, have a physical centre forward, um, and I feel like it could come down to that. Possibly a set piece. Um, Valkhorst is a very physical striker, as is Yusuf Paulsen at the other end for Denmark. Um, the Netherlands have a bit more quality on the ball, I would say. But Christian Eriksen, obviously, just wants to say, yeah, um, it's a massive plus for Denmark too. I'd say it'll be a tighter game than it maybe sounds like, but Netherlands for the win for me. Um, I think, I'd say, uh, controversial, I think Denmark could turn them over here. Um, I think, yeah, yeah I, I think they're just... Rider mental, like you say, that midfield three is very strong. They've got. I think that's a really key battle there. That mid, the midfield battle in this game is going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because we've got Wijnaldum and Frankie De Jong for the Netherlands, and as the aforementioned uh, Christian Eriksen, Thomas Delaney for Denmark, it's going to be really interesting to see which one of those comes out on top, but. I know it's. I think 
the Netherlands maybe a bit more quality in that forward area because they play very similar to Denmark in the sense that they don't have an well they they would they would have an out and out striker if they play I think it's Vakhorst or De Jong but the likes of Memphis Depay Quincy Promes they kind of drift in and around that centre forward area so we'll it'll be really interesting to see how this one plays out but I'm I'm leaning towards Denmark in this one. I've 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 backed them as a dark horse. I'm going to back them again yeah, here. I'm in the same position as Jake. Yeah. In my in my prediction, I did put Denmark as a dark horse, and this games like this, I think they can do it. I think Denmark will have a good tournament. Yeah, and getting to the semi-finals would certainly go down as yes. a good good summer for them. The one thing I would say on the topic of Denmark's midfield is Thomas Delaney's fitness. If he's fit by this stage of the tournament. I totally agree with what you boys are saying, but um, I follow Dortmund a lot this season, and more often than not, the midfield two was Witzel and Bellingham, because Delaney's been out for a very long period of the season. Okay, interesting point. Um, If you had to call the result at this point, what would you say? You boys have swung me towards Denmark, actually. I think we can put Denmark okay, in there as a little. So our final four are Italy versus France and Portugal versus Denmark. So our first semi-final then to discuss is Portugal-Denmark. Dark horses, we predict, getting this far. Can they go all the way? Well, I think, as we've all backed them to be our dark horse, we had hoped so, but I really can't see them getting past... Portugal. I think this Portuguese side has almost everything you want in your international setup. They've got uh, the best goal scorer of all time, arguably, in Cristiano Ronaldo. Their defence is ageing, which could be a problem, but still extremely solid. And their midfield can do anything, really, from be creative from the likes of Bruno Fernandes, defensively solid with Danilo Pereira, and they can fully dictate to game with the experienced Xiao Moutinho. And I think um, one thing you can predict with quite some certainty if the semi-final does happen is that it will be a low-scoring affair. Although, like Jake said, Portugal have a lot of attacking talent, um, you know, big names that need no mentioning. I think that if Denmark get to this stage where they could reach a final, they will play for a nil-nil and hope to catch Portugal with a set-piece or something um, like that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think Portugal have enough goals in their attack to make it through. Worth remembering, Denmark, of course, did win it in 92. Yeah, shot not expecting them to. Weren't even in the tournament. They, got, they were a last-minute <laughs> replacement. Um, Ed, what do you think on Portugal, obviously, having a hard run to the semi-finals? We think they'll get through that. Do you think they have the, will have the stamina, even, to carry on? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... Once you're this far through a tournament, it's the momentum that carries you, really. So um, I'm going to say this is where the little Danish fairy tale that we've played out will crush (laughs) to an end. Yeah, I think we can... But that would be a... a, I think Danish uh, fans would have that down as a success. Absolutely. Um, Oh, completely. Final four in um, the European competition. You saw with Wales 2016 what momentum did as well, and that would be a similar kind yeah. of level. And um, Portugal in the semis as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
That 2 0 Portugal, Portugal. semi final then. Yeah. <laughs> Portugal dream killers. <laughs> so, okay, so we have Portugal reaching the Euro 2020 final. We do, yes. And the second one, probably the interesting, more interesting one of the two, Italy versus France. Yeah, I think we all have a soft spot for Italy, having looked at their squad and um, the success that Roberto Mancini has had in in recent games. Um, They are an exciting team, and I think they've certainly come out of that dark period where they didn't... They they had a a good run in 2012, but besides that, I don't think um, they they they've been where they want to be as a footballing nation. But I th- I think even if they don't win this tournament and crash out in the semi-finals, this could be the start of a good spell for Italy. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that, Sam. I think Italy they have a they have a young and up- upcoming squad in lots of areas, especially the forward areas. I know Benucci and Chiellini are aging, but they still have likes of a, a Cherby who can come through and maybe fill those uh, roles. Rob Magnoli is still young. So I think this is a this tournament. I hope the Italians, of course, they'll want to win it. But maybe in hindsight, they'll see it as a a building block to maybe go on further in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four. But their opponents, France, Sam, what do you make of them? Yeah, I I think it could be a interesting one for that because France are very pacey in attack. You've got your Comans, your Mbappes, your Dembele's, your Griezmanns. I think only against, one of each. Well, only one of each. <laughs> yes, but um. But I think against that centre-back pairing, they yeah. could have fun. That spells danger. That does, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I'd expect France to just be that little bit too strong. Do you think France would be dominant all over the pitch? Or is it just that forward area? Where... Well, I'm not sure, because I think France, if you, I mean, looking at their what they could play, I, I'd expect, kind of looking at a 4-2-3-1, they, Italy could have the three in midfield that, control that you've got you know Jorginho Barella um, in there that can do that so I, I I wouldn't expect them to completely dominate all over the pitch um, but maybe more of a cutting edge yeah and that's what you need in a tournament you do yeah um Ed France obviously strong team do you think they're getting to the final yeah I think this game um, like you mentioned, Italy have top midfielders. Obviously, France, yeah, they've got a Kante in there. So if anyone's going to dominate a midfield battle, it's probably him. But um, we've mentioned Italy's quality, and I think um, that quality will result in this game being a quite cagey affair. And that, for me, is where the Benzema factor comes into play for France. Because obviously, we, they've got explosive attackers like Mbappe, but Benzema's your man who in a cagey game, if the ball drops to him, half chance, he's going to put it away. And I think that is what we'll see France over the line here. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with that. And the Benzema factor is a great point you make in terms of that experienced, clinical finisher at the highest level in, in Benzema. The, the only place where maybe Italy could get the edge, we've mentioned the midfield before, is that... Kante and Pogba, for all their unbelievable qualities, you could argue that they're keeping the ball, maybe, is where the Italians have a slight edge on them. If they have that three against the two, Paul Pogba is exceptional on the ball. But off it, you could argue that 
maybe if he could be passed around with some clever movement that Italy could get the edge there and it's whether then they can bypass that on the back four and create a chance for Chiro Mobile. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, Jake. Um, maybe if Italy um, score the first goal, you could see that midfield um, ball retention really playing a big part. Um, uh, they could frustrate the French um, side and maybe nick a second if um, France become desperate. I still think that France, like Ed mentioned, Benzema, I think what we've seen from him in recent seasons at Real Madrid just proves that he has the um, resilience and work ethic to be the main man. And maybe what for all the talent of Mbappe in a game such as the Euro semi-final, um, I think he could step up and be the, the main man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd just say I agree with that. I think, again, it could be a close, close one. Very close one, I think. I think, yes, France will edge it, in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Okay, so we have France going into the final where they will face Portugal. So a repeat of 2016. So I think this is... Uh, the be- the main point I would like to make about these these two teams, of course, they reached the final in 2016 and now we're predicting them to reach it in 2021, as it now is, yeah. <laughs> five years later. I think both of the squ- squads, we would say, have improved dramatically because if you look at especially the French defence, I think in the final of the Euro 2016, it's like Patrice Evra and Bakri Sanya, both ageing, old but now there's just quality all over the pitch on both sides. And I think the key point about this French team is I think they're extremely adaptable to any situation in any game. I feel like if they can play up against a deep block, maybe you have the likes of Pogba that can create an amazing can create a chance with an amazing ball and then bends them over clinical finishing, or if a team pushes higher up, you have the likes of Mbappe etc that can run behind them I think they're so suited to so many situations that they are they have the the chance of putting themselves in history of being one of the greatest international sides if they can take a victory here there'll be two international trophies in a row and they you wouldn't back them to go again in 2022 and a final before that um yeah I think we've all touched on it now the versatility of versatility sorry of um that French side um, and Didier Deschamps in recent games, like Sam said, um, he has experimented with different formations, um, fitting even Anthony Martial in there at one point. There's Mandembele on the on the on the right, um, Kingsley Coman. Different players. That's the reason he brought Benzema back because I think he wanted a more mobile front man to play as part of a more mobile team. Um, Giroud obviously fantastic player I think he's their second highest goal scorer of all time but Deschamps knows that teams will try and lock down against them and um, close in close any space um, in and around the box and that's exactly how Portugal would play I believe Um, and that's where Benzema again could be the cutting edge with his movement 
Ed, do you think Portugal have um, much chance of retaining in the final against France? Um, well, the odd thing about this is that um, Portugal's team, as we've said, is far better, like far better equipped than the team that was in the final in 2016 was. But I'd still say they're more likely to lose this than they were that one because France's team now, as Jake was saying, is just so good. Um, I think they are like on the verge of something very, very special. Obviously, in 98, they won the World Cup and then they followed that up with a um, victory in Euro 2000. And I feel like they could do that again. They could even do a Spain and win three tournaments in a row because they are just brimming with quality and you can make a world-class 11 out of French players that they haven't even taken to the tournament in the first place and that just says it all about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you talk about, we've said about Benzema being a um, being a big player in this. Ronaldo, of course, limped off the final very early. How fired up he's going to be for this game mm. in that he'll want to grab it by the scruff of the neck and really... Yeah. And... He is losing years he is. to um, to lead this Portugal side and he will do everything in his power to to get another trophy in his um, repertoire. I think case for the defence for Portugal is we've leaned heavily towards fr- France so far and I think that's obviously a fair assessment. They're an amazing team, but Portugal love it when the odds are against them. They In 2016, they were playing in the Stade de France against France in the final they just lost their star man, Cristiano Ronaldo, and they managed to hold themselves together and get the old 1-0 win. And I think that's the thing about this Portuguese side. They have a certain resilience about them and not to lose a, lose a game. They were like the Pepes, like the, the sheer mentality of them to not concede that goal, to make that last-minute block. I think that it's going to be incredibly even again because... Portugal have improved since the final in 2016, which, of course, they won. They won it in 2016, and they've improved. So if you look at it from that straight viewpoint, you'd look towards Portugal, but it's almost impossible to call. I think France edge it, not going to lie. Well, I hope you're not lying. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I, yeah, I, I made the def- case of the defence for Portugal and just this... I'm I'm going on more the mentality side on anything than quality of play. I think France we will have the best probably squad in the world in terms of quality, but mentality I'm thinking I'm edging towards Portugal. Yeah, and you know what they say: football is played in the head, um, and Portugal do have, although maybe um, a lesser number of star name players. I think if you look inside the minds of those uh, those players when they come out for Portugal in the final, they will have a vision of what they're going to do. They will put 110% effort into it. And they are a talented squad as well. It's, it's not... Um, they're, they're, they're not going into it as underdogs, I don't think. Um, the final's always going to be hard to call but I think I'm struggling to think about this I think that 
France will win it after a hard game. Ed? Yeah, no, I, I'm finding it hard to look beyond France as good as Portugal are. And also, um, I've made a similar point when we're talking about the potential England-Portugal game much earlier in the tournament. France, again, over Portugal, have that strength and depth. And um, if it is a game that goes the distance, so it's extra time, France have better quality to bring off the bench than Portugal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you say about mentality as well. Obviously, they will have played each other in the group stage. Um, and the um, result of that might get players, certain players fired up. You, 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 that, that's, that'll be a hard one to call. Um, say, depending it on doesn't around. always pan out that way with teams that have played each other before, though. If mm. I remember correctly, Italy and Spain drew 1-1 in 2012. And then obviously Spain hammered them 4-0 in the final, having drew to them in the group stage. I mean, I think if we summarise our final thoughts on it, I think we all admire France and Portugal. I think they're both amazing international teams. But I think uh, I'm, I, I can sense the atmosphere is going in a French direction, despite my Portuguese prediction of getting them to win I will I don't think if I'm going out on a limb saying France should predicting France to win it I I mean I wouldn't bet against them I mean Portugal are an extremely strong outfit but I like your point again about France's uh, strength in depth Fed. I, I really agree with that so I think I will I'm not going to disagree with anyone that says France to win so we have it looks like we've come to a decision our kind of official our predicted winner of Euro 2020 will be France, it looks like that is. That is our absolutely official Euro 2020 retrospect prediction. France to win Euro 2020 in 2021. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, follow at Retrospect News on Instagram and Twitter or visit retrospect.net slash sport for updates throughout the tournament. For now, enjoy the football and we'll see you soon.